I'm super excited by this podcast. Um, it's another Nicole and Stacy have a conversation. And we get into a controversial OA reading, which then sparks off a conversation about beauty and Stacy's experience of being the pretty girl. So lots of good stuff. And yeah, I'm just really having a good time. I, to be honest, the um, uh, Nicole and whomever have a conversation are my favorite parts about this podcast. All right. So hopefully you'll enjoy it as much as Stacy and I did. Bye. Hey, this is Nicole and Stacy. We're back. Hello. Yeah, because we're our we're recovery nerds. That's right. Shamelessly, Megan is too. Um, Megan will be joining us sometime in the future. Uh, But we're here today, and just to have a conversation, and um, we kind of have ideas about where we want to have this conversation go. But we're gonna start with a controversial reading which Stacy will um, read. Um, apparently, it's... Uh, I, I, I kind of recall that it was controversial, but I forgot until you read it. So go ahead, Stacy. Yeah, so this is from the OA for Today book uh, from February 6th. Just for today, I will look as good as I can, dress becomingly, just for today. What a difference that little suggestion made in my outlook and my life. I put on a good dress just to go to the meeting, and suddenly I felt as wonderfully free of the burden of myself as if I had stepped right out of my fat body. It is not a sign of vanity, but self-acceptance to dress as becomingly as I can, no matter where I'm going. My wardrobe does not have to be expensive or large. These are not the criteria. How I dress and how I look are clues to how I'm feeling about myself. For today, what am I wearing and how do I look? (laughs) <laughs> right now explain to me again the controversy so yeah it was this was read at the meeting I went to this morning and I, and the person who was leading chose that because she says she has a lot of reactions to it um, and someone the various shares you know it became apparent that a lot of people have a lot of reactions to this and that it came up I think as a topic on a phone meeting as well so it's you know it's in our it's in the rooms it's right. in our yeah it's in our conversation, uh, this reading. Yeah, and it is, it's controversial because it brings up, from what I've heard from the group, different people, it brings up um, basically the, the burden of beauty, right. which I can get into more later. Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of what that means for all of us. Um, and for, I'll just speak for women in particular. I know this affects men as well, but what I hear more specifically from women is the power of patriarchy, right? The male gaze, the idea that I have to dress a certain way, you know, the word becomingly, that was one, that particular word itself was even discussed. Like, Mm -hmm. what does it mean to dress becomingly? And that was a very loaded word uh, for a lot of people. Um, You know, it's a rather kind of dated word today, but I think any of us who have seen it in different contexts know, like, to you know, dress becomingly implies a certain type of like allure or attraction. And so then that begs the question, for whom, right? Mm-hmm. So there's kind of this implied, um, I don't know, judgment within that um, or implied sort of intention that you are to dress, you know, in a way that other people 
i.e. men, find mm-hmm. attractive, right? right? right. Um, and I think that's what a lot of us are coming at it from that angle just by default, right? Just because of the culture we live in. And that and that trigger word becoming like mm-hmm. sort of activates that piece, mm-hmm. you know? Right, yeah. And then that phrase, um, I will look as good as I can. Is that how it was worded? Let me look at it again. Yeah, I will look as good as I can. Yeah, dress becomingly. It's like those two phrases themselves. Um, and it, so it's just, it's asking a lot of questions. And as, as it leaves us there, the for today, what am I wearing and how do I look? You know, that's again, a, a loaded question right there, right? right? And then who's, by whose metric, right? By right. whose judgment? Right. Um, like, how do I look as, as far as like, I will look as good as I can. Right. By what standard, right? right. By what beauty standard? Right. Some people in the meeting talked about how like, you know, some of this just applies to like basic hygiene and basic self-care. I was about to say, so right? let's, let's pull this apart because what we were talking about that made me stop and say, hey, let's just start recording is, you know, again, when I read that, I, you know, it reverberates for me back to, you know, the years of depression mm-hmm. and where... Um, and even though I wasn't necessarily walking around depressed, I think of it as, you know, that I just wasn't paying any attention to my mm-hmm. appearance, mm-hmm. you know. And then you were sort of talking about um, your experience of on the extremes. You, can you talk more mm-hmm. about that? Yeah, and I've been there with the depression as well, you know, where it's just like the effort just to get up and take a shower you know, seems insurmountable and just the self-loathing that you feel, you know, it feels like what's the point to do right. any work on this body. Right. Um, I hate to myself shower. so much. Yeah. Why yeah. would I even bother to try to, you know, what put lipstick on a pig or however the yeah. saying goes. So I've been there. Um, and I've also been in that sort of defiant teenage um, stage of deliberately making kind of making myself ugly would be one way to think about it. You yeah. know, sort of like stay away from me, right? Sending that message in my dress and yeah. like extreme, you know, shaved head, yeah. wearing all black, yeah. you know, spikes and metal, yeah. extreme makeup, you know, things like that where it's part of that. But of course, you know, ironically, the whole thing is like, of course you're going to look at me when yeah, I dress yeah, this way, yeah. right? But in the mindset, yeah. you know, that you have at the time. Yeah. Um, my version of that was, you know, all black, but flaming red hair. Mm-hmm. How am I not going to grab your attention? <laughs> but right. I want your attention so that you can see my fuck you. Right. <laughs> and so that you can see my fuck you to standards of mainstream beauty, right? right? That's part right. of what all of that is yeah. about. And I remember people saying to me, my parents, grandparents, other people, but you're so pretty. Why are you dressing like that? Yeah. You know, and it's the equivalent of, you know, a lot of people say like, but you have such a pretty face, yeah. but you're overweight. Yeah. So that's a version of the same thing. So, but before that, yeah, I come from, my roots are more in the, you know, the look good, yeah. like the look good on the outside yeah. and all kinds of fucked up things can be happening on the inside, but as long as the family looks good I know. Yeah. and for me, you know, we lived in Georgia and so there's a whole Southern thing around like how you dress to go to church right. and you know, you go on Sundays and you are wearing your best clothing, like Sunday best, like actually means that right. where the entire family is spotless, you know, wearing big bows on your dresses and dad's wearing a suit. And my dad worked outside as a landscaper. He never wore a suit, but he had a suit for church, you know. So there was that whole, that was just one example of... I'm stuck on the bows on your dresses. I'm like, wow. Oh, big bows. Yeah, like we're talking old school. Like I, I remember watching the 
movie Pollyanna. I yeah. think it was Haley Mills yeah. was in that Hayley movie. Mills. Am I remembering yeah, that right? Good. And something just about the period of the dress. Yeah. I don't know, was it Victorian? I don't even know when it's it supposed to take place. It wasn't, but it was like the 30s. Yeah. yeah maybe, yeah, okay. 20s. Later than that, but they were still like, you know, big bows that the or girls were wearing. Right. Maybe it was 1840 or 1890, whatever. But yeah, yeah, big bows. I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think because of where I grew up and just that influence, I was like, yeah, I want to dress like her. <laughs> that's yeah. what I was thinking at like eight years old. Yeah. Um, so that's where I'm coming from, where it's like, that perfectionism. Perfectionism. Everybody's, yeah, everything's, it, there's a control that's inherent in that. Of like, yeah. you know, your hair's under control. Your entire outfit has been controlled. You know, right. we've inspected it for any little flaw. Yeah. That, of course, that fed in very naturally for me being a ballet dancer. Right. You know, that's all about perfect appearances. Yeah. Like, is your leg actually at the perfect angle when you're, yeah. you know, lifting it and extending it? And, of course, your body, then your actual body type has to be right. perfect as well, right? In order yeah. to create these beautiful forms and postures, the the body, right, is right. this object yeah. of, of perfection and control and obsession. Right. So those are the extremes for me as far as like what, yeah. you know, that can look like. But I think our experience in the rooms, and I totally get that, you know, and I also, I never, you know, because I gained weight at um, 13, um, when my parents actually actually started making the money that put us in they came from middle class but they were young and we lived in an apartment and then they made money and then it was middle class and then all of a sudden it's like mm -hmm. you know everything had to look good and and mm -hmm. so I do have that experience um, but I was overweight mm -hmm. so you know and I think that was my in a sense it was my way of saying Mm -hmm. No, no, because again, our fronting, the appearance of the family, mm -hmm. whatever. So in a, even though we didn't go to Sunday church, it's like there are my parents that were very good looking people, mm -hmm. you know, with the golden child, like, you know, son, little boy, mm -hmm. you know, that is like the age that, you know, middle class people should be having kids, you right. know what I mean? 30 and 31 mm -hmm. versus me, 19 and 20, right. you know what I mean? And I'm like... You know the overweight girl, but my appearance alone was a you know I'm no don't mm -hmm. even buy this bullshit mm -hmm. you know and so I think in telling my story that's a lot but getting so again you know to dress becomingly you know I also experienced the freedom of not having to participate that in because my cousins are all in that they're still mm -hmm. you know the whole sharky side I mean mm -hmm. it's all money and look good yeah you know and and again you you do not leave the house unshowered with no mm -hmm. makeup you know you you do not step outside unless you look like you're you could walk down a runway mm -hmm. unless you're going to the gym mm -hmm. but even your gym clothes right. all have to look like you know yeah you're it's just a different magazine there's a gym outfit there's a yeah. gym outfit it's just it's still yeah. another magazine but again you know from from our experience of being in the rooms where it's I do think you know the part I get the controversial part, but I think the heart of what it's trying to speak to rather than the dated language, if you take away the dated language and yeah. piece is like, okay, we're talking about, you know, people who put this book together who are members of OA, you know what I mean? And yeah. so how, when you're looking at all of the aspects of recovery yeah. and if you go into, and if you look at like, if you're trying to do a book around like, what are all of the issues that we're dealing with? 
Yeah. And it's like, and I can attest too, it's like women, I'll just speak for women, who aren't even showering. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And who are like wearing ragged clothes. And again, that shame and I don't deserve and whatever. And so, so yeah, I, I can't imagine that you could win. I think like if you and I and Gloria Steinem got together and tried to write a like, you know, you know, take care of your, yeah, maybe we could actually, I, right. I think we can do a better, <laughs> I, like take that back. I think we yeah. can do a better job, you know, <laughs> around like, take care of yourself and yeah. put some care into your appearance. Yeah. And my experience around that is it's not about, you know, to please other people. Right. It has nothing to do with that. Right. My my personal experience around having gone through a period, I could show you pictures, where it was like, you know, I wore these these men's jeans and just a black t-shirt all the mm-hmm. fucking time. I wore no makeup, mm-hmm. and I didn't do anything with my hair. And it was just another one of those dark periods where I was just dealing with a lot of issues yeah. in, in the rooms. And um, versus like, you know, and how I... I mean, I was just, I was just like, I'm a person. I'm like a blank. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I was showered, Mm -hmm. but I was nondescript, Mm -hmm. you know, versus like now, like, you know, you know, I started the new job and I have all these new cute clothes Yeah. and I got my new cute little haircut and it feels good. Yeah. It feels good to, to dress in the morning and to know I'm like wearing a very nice, put together outfit and my hair looks really cute and when I go to the when I every time I have to go to the bathroom there's this fucking huge mirror yeah I'm like I'm looking good yeah you know yeah. and it makes a difference and right so how do you try to you know right and I think after listening to people shares at the meeting and and just ruminating on it a little bit more because a few people brought up like there's research that shows like just the act of that kind of basic self-care, you know, of taking a shower and, and doing those types of things that it can help in various types of healing, right? When people are going through some type of um, medical problem that they're recovering from, like the actual act of being able to wear their regular clothes again and, you know, brush their hair and go out in the world rather than shuffling around in a hospital gown um, that this actually can have impact on that person's health, right, in a positive way. So I think what I found, at least for me, is that the two parts are inextricably linked, right? I can't tease out, I can't separate that, like, yes, I've been steeped in this culture, and I'm going to think certain things are beautiful just because of what I've lived in for the last 41 years. And that women are the symbol of beauty. Exactly. Which is like... Right, and that this is our value, right? So I can't separate that. And it's still also true that I feel better when I, you know, take a shower, do my hair a little bit. You know, yeah, as I'm doing that, I'm conforming to these beauty standards, right? Um, But I'm at the same time doing these things that actually make me feel good, right? They they help my self-esteem. We were talking with some... Uh, other moms who are in recovery you know we were talking yesterday 
about Sorry, your... I totally <laughs> was just thinking yeah one of them got a haircut that she does not like you know it's one of those where you cry in the car after the haircut yeah and she was talking about how or you take pictures like the one that I have like that too like can you believe this yeah yeah so you get one of those regrettable haircuts and you know she was said she was like up all night thinking about it and she just couldn't let this go and then was kind of beating herself up for being so upset about it and you know we all jumped in to say yeah that's totally valid right yeah. especially i'll just speak from like the mom's point of view and we are all in this group moms with young children and that's a particular type of lifestyle you're leading at that point where when everything else feels so out of control and you feel so powerless in pretty much every area of your life like including your body which right. is of course super triggering you know your age your job in a lot of ways i mean literally everything that you want to look in the mirror and have hair that you like, yeah. right? I want to look in the mirror and have brows, eyebrows that I feel good about yeah. because that is one thing I can control. It's an easy thing to control. Wow. It doesn't really create, at least for it's me, a treat. Yeah, it doesn't create like negative repercussions. Right. You know, as long as I have the money to spend on it, it's like, yeah, I'm gonna do this, and it actually gives me a little boost every time I look at myself in the mirror, and I'll take it. I need that little dopamine boost, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, so that's like. To me, a healthy version. I think, as I said to them, it's like, yeah, I think it's valid to get a little scrap of vanity that keeps you tethered to sanity. Like, right. that is a real thing for me at yeah. this point. And I think it's sort of natural, unfortunately, once again, where it becomes a feminist issue is how that is then that just wanting to look good, um, unfortunately for us, and men are quickly, you know, in the last couple of decades, they're getting to experience it. Oh, it's yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah, now it's, no one is it feel? No one is exempt from the yeah. oppression of oppression of beauty, right, right, right. at this point in Now, especially society. with the obsession with youth culture, because yeah. again, you know, it's like, but anyway, I want right. to go back to, you know, something that you said, which, you know, it's kind of segues into what we had thought about maybe talking about, which is the burden of beauty, mm -hmm. which is just basically what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. So again, you know, we're talking about the experience of, you know, being in the rooms and knowing or being depressed or being at a bottom and not taking care of yourself. And, and in that aspect of, and that part of recovery is, is like starting to care about your mm -hmm. appearance you know, mm -hmm. starting to care or, you know, starting to be able to wear cute clothes and mm -hmm. wanting to look good and, and then wanting to present yourself, you know, it's like, so, but when I was, you know, younger and in that period where I was putting no effort into anything, mm -hmm. I was presenting myself as I'm someone who doesn't care mm -hmm. about myself. Mm -hmm. That's what I was telling the world. Yeah. You know what I mean? And versus... You know, because that that was actually true, mm -hmm. you know, and so then the like, you know, no, I'm actually I feel really good about myself. Mm -hmm. And when I feel good about something or when I value something, I take care of it. Mm -hmm. Like I clean this apartment. Right. I, I just had a friend do the blinds. I mean, mm -hmm. she needed some work, but it's like. Because I care, and I'm OCD, yeah. you know what I mean? And they weren't done right the first time, and I was like, yeah, yeah. and I found the perfect person. I was yeah. like, yeah, she did it exactly like I would have done it. But again, like when you care about something, 
you take care of it. Right. You know what I mean? It's like your house or your room or whatever, you decorate it and right. you make it and you polish it and you're like, oh yeah, it's so whatever. Right. Like that's what you do. And it's sort of like, and so in taking care of yourself, it's like, oh, I, my hair looks better when I part it on this side. Oh, look. Mm-hmm. Oh, and if I do this or if I do mm-hmm. little highlights down here, oh, it's so, mm-hmm. and it's that sort of like, and so then you go out into the world and this is the authentic piece, not the piece that has been exploited behind right. like upper class, middle class, the class issues yeah. around looking perfect right. or the beauty image, but just the true spiritual nature of yeah. self-care. Yeah. So that's the piece that, you know, um, Stacy and I are saying that's valid and that's important and right. definitely a part of recovery. Right. And then that unfortunately, you know, gets... Um, what do we want to say? Blended or yeah, muted gets, or gets warped with maybe contaminated. Yeah, yeah. And to give credit to someone this morning, I the way she kind of brought it up was like it is. It's the a gift from you are the gift from your higher power, right? right. Just however pa- whatever package you come in, right? Right. So taking care of that, like taking care of God's gift, yeah. right? That is a spiritual act. Yeah. I think we can all agree on that in recovery yeah and then where it gets warped is that we have these market forces that come in yeah right and this is what we see in our culture at large right. where spirituality has been replaced by consumerism right and it doesn't consumerism does not provide the same things that spirituality does right so when you're replacing that in the equation yeah then you're going to end up with an entirely different result when right. you're when those forces are then acting on this gift that you have yeah right and then the messages start to be you need to spend a certain amount of money yeah. to reach this level of approval, right? Yeah. You need to then channel your resources into looking this specific way. Yeah. Um, you know, as Brene Brown has talked about, that the value she's found in her research of women is that women need to spend as much time and resources as they have possible on their appearance. I like, know. that is one of the fundamental expectations of women and and we could also say it's becoming more so for men yes as well right but in her research thus far that's what the downside she's gender equality right right (laughs) yeah um yeah so that's you know that's where we see those things start to be twisted yeah i think where it's like oh yeah that's the word i was looking for twisted twisted yeah like it's self-care you know do these yes to a point right? right and then it's like where does that become exploitation right yeah. where does this become something else where we're getting too far away from the yeah. you know, the original um, good intent yeah right right so so back to burden of beauty so for those who can't see Stacy Stacy's gorgeous thank you yeah and in that sort of obvious way thank you I mean everyone we love is beautiful it's true no really yeah, yeah. it's true yeah so let's get to, because this is one of the topics that was on our list, and since it fits in with what we're talking about. So let's go back to, again, the burden of beauty. So you grew up, and you were one of three sisters, but you were Stace the face. Yeah, my dad used to actually call me that. I can't remember when that started. Um, that may not be relevant, but... So what was that like? Um... Do you even recall when you kind of started to get singled out for that? Yeah, you know, I don't want to say... I don't think it was when I was really young because it was still like we were all kind of, you know, it definitely again felt like part of this culture of the South we were living in. We went to private school for one year there and that was a whole scene. Like literally your outfit matched. That's, you know, that was the unspoken sort of 
rule is like you wore every piece of clothing matched the bow in your hair matched what you were wearing and there was a lot of bows involved yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean this was actual like I don't know I think there were still like debutante balls at this time I believe and it. I'm sure there's a version of them still, still in the south absolutely. I haven't lived there for a long time but so there's all of that influence you know so I think that was like my sisters and I all three of us were kind of like you know almost these little like dolls that yeah. my mom could dress us up and we could be part of that whole you know little scene so I don't think I noticed any differentiation at that point right maybe you know after puberty after you know starting to just kind of grow up you develop a little bit more of your own distinct look you yeah. know just those types of things um yeah that's when I first noticed people saying things to me or people acting towards me. So you didn't notice me. before that, like, no boys were trying to kiss you and do that kind of stuff, or was that just not Southern? No, there were some, yeah, there were some of that. Yeah, I guess I should say, like, even in, like, third and fourth grade, I think, um, there was some of that. It was offset for me by the fact that I was developing early mm -hmm. and I was very ashamed of that. Mm -hmm. There's, you know, that's a whole thing in my family is, like, breasts were something to be ashamed of because you were supposed to be thin and like overt sexuality was you know not okay for women so that's was going on for me where even if people did recognize me as beautiful I couldn't even put any stock in that because I was so concerned with like my body is getting bigger like faster than everyone else's and oh, yeah I'm that's not a way I want to stand out in right, right in that sense right. I want to be like the beautiful thin girl yeah right but not like you know the pretty girl but who also like yeah, seemed, you know, bigger, any of those types of things. So I think, yeah, if when that was happening, I kind of just, you know, that got sort of uh, squashed by those worries. But yeah, I definitely remember more by my teenage years, uh, you know, things people would say to me, uh, ways they would act toward me. Um, and I think that's around the time when my dad started using that term about me. And then I kind of continued, you know, off and on into my Did it bring up any issues at school? Or 30s. Um, so or, I think... Or mean girl shit or anything like that? Yeah, I think what I happened... I feel like I'm Barbara Walters. I know, right? Yeah. Well, okay, so here's the thing. I'm going to sound like one of those, you know, every other... Not to compare myself with some beautiful celebrity, but, you know, they're like, oh, I was an ugly duckling growing yeah. up. But honestly, I mean, I was. I went through this phase. I had really severe acne. Oh, okay. And I got that Thank early, God too. For that. Right? Like, yeah. I think some of this is like, then you look back and you're like, yeah. And then it was character building, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I got it early before anyone else. People would, I have a memory of like kids coming up to me and being like, what's that on your face? Right. Like just the ultimate shaming experience. Yeah. I was the only one with it. Yeah. Um, it was really like severe. It wasn't just like a few zits like, yeah. you know, kids get. It was all over, bright red. So I went through that. So it definitely was like, I was not the pretty girl. Yeah. I think in that phase, yeah. you know, any little bit of like beginning pretty girl phase I might've experienced around like, you know, eight to 10 was like quickly interrupted by like <laughs> this acne. <laughs> you know, so I just, I felt yeah. really ugly, uh, you know, really through like most of us do in middle school, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that, there was no attention there in a positive way. And then I think as I started to come out of that, this is, it's, inter it's interesting to rec to look back now and recognize how, you know, you start to kind of rec see some of your own yeah. beauty or power. Uh, for me, that was around maybe like 15 or so. 
and then seeing just uh, even for me a glimpse of what that attention meant and then yeah. that's when I went straight into my goth phase and like oh, and that's awesome. also when things started happening in my eating disorder where I couldn't keep up the anorexia yeah. anymore by the time I was like 17 I was binging I put on a lot of weight fast yeah there's a lot of shame about that so it was just like I'm gonna make myself look extreme yeah um people would still I remember recognize you know different ways like wow you got like a beautiful face but they could tell I was doing a lot of other things, yeah. you know, around it just because I was so uncomfortable with... This ties into just, again, a lot of times the eating disorder is an attempt to desexualize the body. Exactly. Know? I think it's, yeah. it's, not all, it's not all that. Right. You know, I and mean, I'll be the first to, you know, I've, I've got a whole session on that just yeah. around, you know, the dopamine effect of food, the comfort, the mm-hmm. emotionally regulating through food. But I think an aspect for women, um, sometimes, especially with the, you know, you're not the first person and you have the anorexia piece, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, I remember the first anorexic, um, I sponsored when I didn't know anything about anorexia. Yeah. So I don't know why she was asking me to, well, I know why she was asking me to sponsor her, but, um, was, you know, that she was super thin, but she had big boobs, Mm -hmm. you know, and it was just... Mm-hmm. this effort and mm-hmm. that was my first sort of like and again there's the control you mm-hmm. know what I mean like if our bodies are commodities mm-hmm. you know and if our bodies it's kind of I was thinking the other day that it's the phrase is you kill the king and you rape the queen mm-hmm. you know and I was thinking about like how it's they're both a death right you know it's you once you rape the queen, you've killed her. Right. She is she is not ever going to be the woman she was before. Right. You know, it's just that she, you've left her, you know, breathing. Right. You know, but it's but again, and so we grow up hearing this stuff. Yeah. And we grow up in a culture where, you know, our body, you know, we are hearing stories all the time even if it hasn't happened to us directly. Where apparently you can just grab my ass anytime you want. Right. Or you can like reach out and touch my body any, and it can happen at any time. Yeah. And so, you know, this is a whole nother conversation around, I think, why, um, you know, so many girls want to be boys, mm-hmm. you know, and, and this is not the, you know, gender identity thing, but just the whole like, yeah, I don't want to sign up for that. I don't deal with that bullshit. I know. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be a second class citizen where, yeah. you know, instead of getting knifed, I'm going to get violated violently and then left yeah. to live with the memory of it. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think that that's, you know, again, you know, you had in tracking your story, it's like, you know, not to be too differentiated. Then you had the dance class, which was keeping you super skinny. Mm-hmm. And then you had your anorexia phase, which again, a way of controlling the body. And then it's, and then you were protected by your acne. Mm-hmm. And you braces know, too. Let and me braces. point that out as oh, well. Oh, that's awesome. All at the same yeah, time. Yeah, all at the same time. So you had this desexualization happening for mm-hmm. you. You had the dance that was, you know, putting you in a place of, you know, underweight. Yeah. And then when that was, then you had the acne and whatever. So again, deflecting any sexual mm-hmm. tension, deflect, deflect, mm-hmm. deflect. 
And then all of a sudden your acne like betrays you and heals. (laughs) And you're like, what the fuck am I going to do? You know what I mean? And you're like, oh, I'll shave my head and I wear a lot of black and I'll just basically just be like, goth girl, stay the fuck away from me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so then what? Yeah. And at the time it's so confusing, right? Because I remember wanting to be so beautiful, right? I I have journals just writing about, you know, like I tear up pictures of models. You know, this was the Christy Turlington. What's her name? Claudia was, Schiffer. She was my favorite. The super Linda Evangelista. Yeah. The, the real oh, yeah. like I know age all of supermodels. Super yeah. Where I was, a, I was yeah, super eight. Yeah. Yeah. I started with Paulina Poroskova. Oh yeah. I had a poster of her in my room. Yeah. My mom was concerned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I was like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was one thing. Randomly, some you know people tell me I looked a little bit like Linda Evangelista. Yeah. You know, and like you know that was of course. You know this compliment so it was, it was very two-sided for me you know it was very complex it wasn't just one or the other it was like the thing I wanted most right, right. I just want to be beautiful and accepted and you know have everyone like me and I also probably feared it the most yeah. right so it was tied up in in both of those things and I think anytime I would like you know dip a toe in yeah and like try out my you know my beauty and my sexuality just I mean, I don't even think if I can give you any, like, example of something overt that happened, but just even the, I could feel, like, the energy shifting, you know, you right. can feel these subtle, different ways yeah. that people are, are now being around you, and just even feeling the the weight of that was like, uh oh, no, like, yeah. this is too much, I'm going to, like, back this up a little bit, like, yeah. I'm not going to disfigure my face, right? Right. And this, again, part of me really does want to be beautiful. But I am going to, like, put up this wall in a lot of different ways, yeah. right? Through the, yeah, extreme clothing and all kinds of and things. And then after that, is that when you did the weight gain? Um, so, yeah, I gained weight kind of in that phase because it was, like, failed anorexic kind yeah. of stuff. Um, and then my weight was, like, really up and down. It was a lot of the yo-yo stuff through the yeah. next, like, through my 20s, basically. Yeah. Um, and I... Um, yeah, we don't know what that noise is. <laughs> yeah, there's an unidentified screeching outside. I, know. I think there's it's a, a bird or something. <laughs> yeah. Or a vehicle of some sort. Yeah. Um, yeah, so then for me, it's, you know, I kind of bounced around in that. And a lot of this for me was like drugs and alcohol were then the balm to allow me to explore beauty yeah. and sexuality yeah. more. You know, yeah. I got involved in this whole bar scene and like, and then I ended up working there. And that's how you make money, right? Yeah. We used to say like, tips for tits like that was our you know that's how it works like what am I going to wear tonight to like show these girls off and make more money yeah so so what was that did you have then the the experience there like oh I am the pretty girl um were you always sort of like was your body image dysmorphia such that you couldn't see that you were beautiful or was there a point where you realized you were and then it was, and then you had an emotional response to that. Like, mm. what do I do with this? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, is there any point where you sort of, like you said, the ugly duckling thing? It's mm-hmm. like, okay, you know, do, have you spent the whole time? Be, here's, I know that there are, and I have this experience where I also was an ugly duckling, and, and then, I hit a place where apparently to other people I wasn't. Yeah. But I didn't know that. Right. <laughs> you, know? you hadn't gotten the memo. I yet, hadn't right? gotten the memo. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I hadn't gotten the memo. And yeah. um, 
you know, and this was my like early thirties, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And, um, so I had this period where, uh, I, I actually remember there's one picture that someone took of me, this guy I was seeing at the time, and uh, and it was like, who is that? I mean, mm-hmm. it was like, mm-hmm. and it was this weird thing of like, is that how other people, it's the only really good picture I, I've ever taken. And yeah. granted, it was from across the room, but it yeah. was like, what? Because my body image dysmorphia was such that I could only see the ugly duckling, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, no, I think it was def- it was both of those things for me, too. It's like there's this recovery period after you've been in the ugly duckling phase where it's like you're so used to seeing yourself that way. Like yeah. you really can't, even if you're getting some feedback that says otherwise, it's yeah. like, no, what? Yeah. There's just a dissonance there. Um, so I think there was some of that going on for sure. It's like, how can I be anything but the ugly duckling? Like I was so ugly, right? right. <laughs> so as far as how you know I thought and everything. Um, but when you're in the in this bar period, because mm, I'm tracking the timeline, so yeah. are you in any sense sort of realizing like, hey, yeah, I'm beautiful, you know? Like, are you? Ha- is there any like having fun with it? Any like sense of power with it? Yeah. So again, I think it was a lot of both. Um, yeah. I do think the body dysmorphia was so strong, um, and again, that failed anorexic identity was so strong. I carried that for a long time right. that it was so much louder than, you know, messages I was getting about right. you're pretty, you know, you're, you're beautiful. It was just like, but look at, have you seen my body? Right. Oh, it was right. like, I'd always go there or like, you know, looking at the models that I admired yeah. this and that. Yeah. They're beautiful, but look how thin they are. Right. Yeah. That's like kind of all I could yeah. focus on. Yeah, so that was the body image. Just more, yeah, yeah. Total obsession. And yet, you know, I can see how it would kind of go. It's like a frequency that goes in and out. Maybe, right. You know, it's a, the best way to describe it where, yeah, I could know like, oh, I'm getting attention for this, you know, yeah. or different people would tell me that. Um, I remember I had a photography teacher who was like, oh, I want to have you sit as our like example model in class. You know, he was just using like lighting yeah. and this and that. But it's like, then I saw those and I was like, yeah, I'm one of those people that has like a photogenic face. Yeah. You know, like you just, I do not. you notice those things. Yeah. Certain if you have like. I want to dilate on this moment. I want our listeners to know that it took me a long time to realize that some people are photogenic. Right. Meaning, like, you go from a 3D Mm -hmm. experience, Mm -hmm. and the camera takes that, and based on the subtle shadows Mm -hmm. and angles of your face that you have no control over, it translates it to a 2D experience. And some people are not photogenic. Yeah. And so I am not photogenic. It took me a long time to realize that because I would um, feel good about myself. Mm-hmm. I had a certain mirror. It was those old-fashioned mirrors, which are the best, by the way. They're the because they're made with actual silver, not like yeah. what we have now. And I would be like, oh, I am. And I would have people tell me, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard to imagine me now at 50, but I'm, you know, when I was 30, yeah. 31, 32, 33, you know, I was at go away and I was feeling good and sexy in my body and I was looking good, yeah. you know, tell me that I was beautiful. Yeah. And, and then I would see a picture of myself mm-hmm. and I would... And I would be like, no, I'm not, mm-hmm. you know, because the way that it would distort my face, mm-hmm. I was just like, no, I'm not. Yeah. You know, so. Right. 
Yeah. So and I, I just want our listeners to know, like, you cannot trust. And you know what helped me? Mm-hmm. Was my friend, Melissa, showed me a picture of herself. Mm-hmm. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. and it took her eyes, you know, and it made them look like they had dark circles. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's funny because she did, but it didn't look like that. Mm-hmm. It was just the lighting and it yeah. took her face. I mean, and it adds 10 pounds yeah. and everything. And I looked at this and I'm like, you are so much better looking <laughs> yeah. than this picture. Yeah. And she's like, thank you. And she, we were in the rooms <laughs> yeah. together. And that's when I you know, it's like I could see it so clearly in her. Right. Where I was like, no, don't don't trust this picture. I'm telling you yeah. that in real space, yeah. 3D, you are way better looking yeah. than this. Yeah. And then the other thing that helped me with that is that I had a coworker who used to live in LA. And he would talk about... Um, people who looked better on film than yeah. they did in person, and mm-hmm. then people who looked better in person. Yeah, he said Jodie Foster is so much better looking in person than she is on film. Yeah, so th- just right. that idea. Yeah, you know what I mean of like the translating to yeah. the whatever. So I definitely want because body image dysmorphia yeah. is a huge part of our disease for a lot of us. Right, and just be careful around you know. If you see, if you're feeling good and think you look good, and then you see a picture mm-hmm. of yourself and you're like, oh my God, I like, don't trust the photo. No, it's like, I'm going to trust the last best image of myself that I saw, whether it's in the mirror, yeah. you know, passing by a window. Yeah. It's like, hang on to that one. You don't yeah. need to add in the input from like yeah. the next one that negated that, right? Yeah. It's like, no, I'm going to hang on to the right. other one. So there you are, gorgeous with your tits out. Yeah. But your body image dysmorphia is like, but you're not thin. Yeah. You're not Christy Turlington. Yeah. So, but every once in a while, like things would kind of fuse in and you'd have moments of like. Yeah. And I think also for me, I mean, this was just the reality of my disease. Like when I was doing a lot of cocaine, you know, <laughs> yeah, that'll make like you that'll make, that'll make, well, and it'll make you not eat. And then it's like, you know, I, I drop 10 pounds yeah. and be like, oh, now I'm feeling good. You know, so that was very. For me, it was you know, very much contingent upon like yeah. what drugs was I doing that were making my body thinner, you know, some yeah. of that. Uh, so that would kind of just swing back and forth, um, you know, in that sort of way. But I do. So my best friend, she also worked with me. Um, she's now an esthetician, so you can see where she <laughs> yeah. went with that. And she was amazing, you know, even then, just right. on her own with makeup. And so... I kind of started playing around, you know, with that with her. So that was a way where it's like I indulged yeah. in just the fun of that. You know, when, yeah. when you're young too and you can put on like green eyeshadow yeah. and it looks good on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and we would take pictures. I modeled this after her as well. She'd take like a picture of herself every day and whatever makeup look she had done. Yeah. You know, and this was like pre, this would have been what, proto like Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Where she would do that. And then she, we had these little tiny, there was a certain type of Polaroid. Yeah. I wish I could remember the name of it. It, they were these like tiny ones yeah. that you would pull out and they had yeah. like, they were sticky on the yeah. back. Yeah. yeah. What are My those? friend Sean had yeah. tons of those and we have, I have a couple yeah. of them. Yeah. Yeah. It was a certain kind. So we had that. And so we would just like put them up in yeah. our apartments. This, this like cascade of images, yeah. you know, for something, which is, when I think about it now, it's just like, there's the narcissism of youth for yeah, you. We're yeah, just totally. like, oh, here's the picture of my face yeah. like, over and over totally. again Instagram. around yeah. my, where I live. Yeah. But yeah. you know. There was a lot of fun in that. It's just like experimenting and exploring with yeah. like, you know, what does this look like, yeah. look like and, you know, all that stuff. So it's like I was able to experience the joy, you know, of some of that yeah. and, you know, have some awareness as much as you can when you're young. 
you know, youth being wasted on the young, of course, that like, so true. oh, this is what my face looks like right now. There's all these fun things I can do with yeah. it, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, my best friend, you know, also saying like, you've got a really great canvas for makeup. You know, she yeah. just would know like certain bone structures yeah. and certain things would, you know, highlight the makeup in certain ways. So, you know, there was things like that that I could definitely have fun with. Um, what about the um, not fun side? What about unwanted attention mm -hmm. or feeling unsafe, singled out, mm -hmm. you know, because that's the other thing is, is mm -hmm. that, you know, um, uh, God, the woman who wrote um, Women Who Run With the Wolves, she's awesome. She always says... Oh, Clarissa Pinkola-Estes. Yeah. Is, you know, where... Uh, where she says where where there is beauty um you will find darkness mm. because the darkness wants the light yes and yeah so again that sort of drawing attention especially mm -hmm. as you know being a trophy yeah for um men yeah you know yeah so i think you know what i've since realized and this is like partially the gift of aging I think it's like when you only have some distance from yeah. something can you see it more yeah. clearly right um where yeah it's like beauty is power right in our yeah. culture or what however whatever how any culture defines beauty so whoever has it right you have power but automatically by creating a system of power any system of power you know really uh is then going to also exploit the powerful in its own strange way right? right it's this it's a a tarnished gift in a sense yeah. right so you've got this you've got this power but it's fraught with all these qualities um that you don't necessarily want right, right. and that it's also temporary and it's like contingent on a yeah. lot of things that you may or may and not be able to control. it doesn't necessarily attract the right kind of person. Exactly. And again, with any type of power that automatically sets up an imbalance of power yeah. in some way or another. And that's where some of that, like the darkness, yeah. you know, if you're talking about some of that, yeah. I think comes out. There's this element. It just makes me think of Gollum immediately yeah. where it's like whoever doesn't have it and wants it yeah. or, you know, thinks that, you know, they want to try to get it as like yeah. a, a prize or a trophy or, you know, some, some sense of ownership. Yeah. Then there's just this sense of that. I remember very much this feeling. And again, I don't know if I can think of a particular experience, but they're kind of all added yeah. up together of like. Um, and this is also part of, I think, youth being like, you're supposed to be at the height of your desirability, yeah. you know, and all these yeah. things. And just the vulnerability of that. It's like, everybody wants a piece of you. I just remember that feeling of like, everybody wants a fucking piece of me. Yeah. And as much as that um, yeah. collided with like, again, I wanted everybody to like me and, you know, yeah. and all of those, like the unhealthy side of that, but like feeling the sense of, yeah, just kind of overexposure, I guess, would be one yeah. way of describing it. Uh, yeah, people talking to me on the street, you know, random, yeah. like, shady dudes, yeah. you know, just, like, talking to me because, yeah. you know, they liked the way I looked. Um, yeah, just a lot of attention at different times when I didn't want any attention, right? I just right. wanted to go about my life. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's the same way I remember feeling when I suddenly had, like, really big boobs. Like, I went from being anorexic. Yeah. Like, a cup whatever to like double d and like yeah. probably a matter of months yeah you know it wasn't wasn't long and like literally you know a car of boys maybe men in there too driving by and screaming at me 
get a bra. And like, I was wearing a bra. Right. Like, and just the, just the shame that involved in that. And just the sense that like you're public property, like everyone is allowed. And I know that's like true for, I think, women in general but again it's but true this, for women in general but then within the women like there's this heightened yeah so it's like it element beauty, of so it. it's women in general yeah and then women it's like well we're supposed to be the symbols of beauty mm-hmm. so then you get a bunch of women together because then it's like you're gonna get yelled at which yeah. way it's like unless you're invisible so if you're right. on the extreme end of not beautiful you're gonna get yelled at right you know like you have no right to exist exactly yeah how dare you exist if i don't think you're beautiful right and then if you're on the other end of beautiful then it's like whatever kind of Mm -hmm. you know and then again if whatever standard it's like your ass is too big or you look like a dude you know it's like Yeah. yeah yeah and so i think which is what, you know, I think I can only talk about now at 41, yeah. where, again, I got some of that distance, um, where you can't really go around talking about that if you're identified as, like, the pretty girl, yeah. right? Because everyone's like, well, you got what everybody else is trying to, like, is clamoring for. What do right. you have to complain about? Right. And I totally get that. But there's a certain element of of that attention that you get as, I, you know, being identified as, you know, the one with the beauty. Right. That is just as toxic Did in its own way. Did you have to deal way. with anything with your sisters? Um, any jealousy with friends or your sisters or any of that? Because I know having my um, close friend... Melanie and I went to different high schools. So my close friend in high school was the pretty girl. Mm-hmm. The cheerleader pretty girl. Yeah. And it was... And so... And then I always seemed to have like... I think because I I learned so much about the experience and was able to empathize with it. Mm-hmm. And because I wasn't, mm-hmm. there was no competition. Yeah. She didn't have to worry about, like, yeah. I didn't give a shit. I was, like, goth like you, too. You yeah. know what I mean? So it was like this, I just, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I was, in my mind, I was still a tomboy. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, yeah. and then, you know, growing up and always befriending the, the pretty girl... And I'm sure probably unconsciously someone like, oh, I want to be close to beauty too. But I think also my mom was a pretty girl. Yeah. So it's also just the like, I know the bullshit you have to deal with. Yeah. You know, and you know what a big rescuer I am. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, (laughs) like, I'll be your friend. Let me accompany you. Yeah, I'll be your friend and you're not going to have to worry about any of this bullshit. Yeah. But yeah, so that's where, what about relationships with other women? Yeah, so I think... My sisters, it's like, I think we all have their, our own role in the family, which, you know, this could yeah. be part of it, uh, where people have just sort of, you know, found their way into a role, um, where my older sister just didn't care about those types of things. I yeah. think she recognized, like, I'm not the pretty girl, so I'm going to do these other things. Like, right. I think she maybe experienced some of that freedom from what I can tell. Yeah. Uh, my younger sister, a little bit more, I think, kind of competition along those lines yeah and especially it's like when you know I was with my younger sister one time and my dad was saying that like I was probably in my early 30s and he's like well you know there's Stace the face you know he's talking about me and it's just like this is just as bad for me as it is for her right right? and a lot of that sense we're like why are you saying this in front of us like this is really fucked up yeah you know I'm just kind of sitting there like what do I even say you know um yeah so there's that type of behavior and you know where some people want to just make a big deal out of something like that and you're just kind of standing there like uh okay thanks like you just 
you don't even know how to react. Again, that's part of that sort of like um, the fetishizing yeah. and the, um, oh, what's the other word I want to say? Um, objectifying? Objectifying. Yeah, there's another word. I'll think of it later. Um, yeah, that's part of that where you just, you kind of like feel other people's desperation around it in this really strange way. And then it kind of gets displaced onto you. Yeah. Um, so I experienced that. I think this is also when my, my weight kind of stabilized more. This is when I was getting into, uh, early recovery, um, where, yeah, at my last job as a teacher, you know, I'm with the, with a big staff. There's a lot of different, you know, dynamics and people and, and actually with my students as well, you know, this was something that I struggled with, um, as a new teacher, this was in my late twenties, you know, I was starting out. And yeah, I really, I could feel that sense of like, I had to struggle to be seen as not, you know, just some like pretty friend that, yeah. cause I had seniors, you know, I was like 28 and they were 18. So I wasn't like that much older than them right. you know, where some of them want to try to be your friend. Yeah. Um, I chaperoned prom one year and one of the students, you know, asked me to dance and I was just like, thank you, but no thanks. Yeah. Um, you know, with like the boundaries, that's a lot yeah. of kids have or are not clear or healthy so it was either like i'm not your pretty friend and then it was also like i'm not your mom right (laughs) right? right. Uh, because there's a bit of that that happens i am just a professional woman like i think just to like establish myself as that like i'm a professional woman with authority yeah that has to do with my intelligence and my competence and i felt like that was a real that was a struggle for me. That um, reminds me. I think one of the very first times we met, when I saw you in the rooms and we were talking, I think I said something to you around maybe probably in my, you know, socially inappropriate way. Like, I have a lot of experience with friends with pretty girls, so mm-hmm. if you ever want to talk to me, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> and you said something around, like, you know, being the pretty girl, and, and you said something to the effect of, yeah, and that's all you're allowed to be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're, yeah. And, um, so. Yeah. No, I actually, I kind of remember this. Yeah, that conversation now. Um, yeah, I think that's what I was experiencing. And, that you know, it's like we see that play out in every way, right? Mm-hmm. Where people just want to put everyone in whatever kind of box, yeah. you know, one-dimensional. It's easier for me to, like, sort out. But, yeah, that's, like, part of the burden of beauty. It's just, like, you're the pretty girl. That's what you're good for, right? I'm not going to bother to learn anything else about you, right. about, you know, what you can do. Um, and I think that's, yeah, a lot, that was like that, you know, that's sort of, uh, oppressive kind of, you know, experience of that. And there was a group of women I worked with who I call the mean girls. Uh, <laughs> they shall remain unnamed. And I, I think that might've been part of it. Like I couldn't figure out, you know, there was this kind of strange animosity and there were some different unhealthy dynamics right. and things going on. But I think that was part of it. You know, yeah. it's that thing of like, Hey, I didn't choose this any more than you choose the way you look and you're threatened by me and you're now going to take it out on me Yeah, and just feeling like confusion and, and really some, again, I know it's hard. I I realize as I'm saying this where it's like, Oh, poor you, you know, but you know what? It's the exact same thing around, um, uh, privilege. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's basically like our system is set up so that certain people get privilege yeah and you get privilege because 
you have succeeded at the ego dream of beauty. So yeah. like you said, you've got a power dynamic. Yeah. So you get you have more power in this world than I do with if you're beautiful, if you're white, right. um, if you're a man and whatever. And and I think that on all levels it's so difficult to whatever that is. So like, you know, as a white person standing next to a person of color, it's like, okay, yeah, I have more power than mm-hmm. you. I didn't set this up. You right. know, I don't know. Right. You know, I'm I'm on social media trying to change the system right. just as much as you right. are. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. like, and unfortunately that displaced anger. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so like the mean girls, it's like, you know, I'm victimized by this system that's set up and they're not and again not taking the time to get to know you and they're and all they see is that you're benefiting from Mm -hmm. it you know and again that like lack of emotional maturity to go like wait a minute you know what I mean she's yeah she's not asking for that and also why don't we get to know her and see like has she bought into the whole idea right do you know what I mean like that would be the 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 equivalent of that would be like a person of color coming up to me and talking to me and me talking to them and I'm clearly mm-hmm. a white supremacist. You know what <laughs> right. I mean? I'm like, yes, not I buy this system. Right. I actually believe in it and right. I am actually a <laughs> yeah. better quality than you. Right. It's one thing, yeah, if you know that really like, I know I've got this power and I'm going to be an asshole and I'm yeah. going to use it against you. And I believe in it. Right. And I believe in it. Exactly. And this is where it's complicated, where it's like, yeah, and part of me, it's like, I know how to capitalize on my beauty, yeah. right? I know how to, like, I've got really nice thick hair that I can grow long and yeah. like that also adds, you know, right. this other element. I know how to put on makeup. Yeah. I know, you know, I like fashion and so I, yeah. you know, navigate all that. So it's like, I'm not showing up wearing a burlap sack, no. right? And yeah. and I think there's some also. But this ties back into where we started around. No, I'm exactly. not doing that because I care about myself. Right. Yeah. You know, and I and I'm going to take care of of my body and look right. good. You know. And yeah. And this is where I think for me it's like Al-Anon stuff. Yeah. You know, boundaries where it's like. You know, you you're a decent person and all of that but it's like it's not my business what you think of me like yeah. I'm not going to diminish myself yeah. because how I look makes you feel bad about yourself yeah. like it's unfortunate that our system tries to set things yeah. up that way and I did that I think that's part of why I sort of squashed and like kind yeah. of refused to recognize yeah. the beauty that I did possess because I could tell sort of that you know the nature yeah. of, of what that was where it's like well I don't want to make anybody else feel bad about themselves right so I'm going to like deny you know and that's yeah. the whole thing that women I think tend to do too where it's like oh no there's the Amy Schumer skit about yeah. it I think where it's like oh this old thing I'm wearing yeah. this is just a piece of shit I'm like yeah. oh what are those you know the, the yeah. cute thing you have oh and just the whole you know disparaging way yeah. that we're taught to talk about ourselves because we don't want to make anybody and else feel Blazer bad and then comes up and she's like thank you <laughs> and, and all their heads explode yeah. right exactly yeah. yeah yeah so I think there's part of that um, and yeah and so it was like it's both right and here's something I've since realized yeah. like, getting older um being in the classroom, like being in a relationship with students, you know, you're also like, you're on display, you're in yeah. front of everyone. There's a perform performative yeah. aspect to that, that I realized since coming back to work as a mother, you know, as someone older, yeah. there was kind of a transition I went through that part of, I was using that, you know, the capital of beauty or the power of beauty as like insurance, because yeah. if my intelligence failed me or, yeah. you know, if any, if I thought I wasn't, you know, 
smart enough or competent enough in a situation or, you know, God forbid anybody else, you know, would doubt that, then I had my beauty to back me up. Right. I, at least they could value me that way. Right. right? At least I, 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 hey, I still have this, everybody. Like, I realized that was something at play. So this is perfect because this is how I want to close. Yeah. So you're 41. Yeah. The beauty queen. Yeah. It's going to do the aging beauty queen. Mm-hmm. So this will be good to kind of continue to have a conversation around this. Yeah. Now, I personally think, I personally, and this is where we're differentiating. So for the record, Stacy and I think all women are beautiful. Yeah. And we're just amazed by them and we yeah. love them. But again, in the social commodity. Yeah. You know, where women start to become invisible unless, of course, you're a MILF and then, right. you know, or right. a Jaguar or whatever. <laughs> but the idea of, do you have, are you, now you're 41, so you're still, you got a long way, but has that even begun to enter, you know, because again, you've got that sexy gray streak. The gray streak going. Yeah. I've got, you know, I've got fine lines yeah. that I know are there. Yeah. You know, and I think, you know, you look at pictures between what 31 and 41 it's like yeah, yeah you can tell there's yeah. things that happen to your skin and the yeah. buoyancy and firmness yeah. and all that stuff um yeah i because you're even in our generation you're at the age where it's like botox 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 now yeah. of course for younger generations they're doing it at 27 oh, which yeah. is just amazing it's to frightening. me it's, it yeah. is frightening yeah you know yeah, well, here's some other things I've realized yeah. being in this stage. Um, so I have started to experience some of the freedom of invisibility. Yeah. Like, and I know I'm not invisible. Yeah. And I know older, we talked yeah. about your sponsor like laughing at us talking about aging in the first yeah. place because she's in her 60s. But still, it's like you see the transition. You know, it used to be I, you know, I'd just be out in public going yeah. places. I would get someone noticeably looking at me or maybe making a comment about me like, Every week, yeah. you know, and maybe every, a few times a month, let's yeah. say, like yeah. regularly. And yeah. now it's like, that does not happen. Wow. Like every, I don't know, the last time it happened was a year ago. Wow. Like it'll happen randomly. Yeah. Now we're just like, oh, you're like the older chicks, don't you? You know, we're yeah. just like, are there some particular thing in someone? Yeah. Um, so it's just like, there's the freedom in that. There's yeah. something fantastic where I feel this level of freedom that I did, have not felt since I was a child with right. just like going out in public, doing what I want to do, not right. worrying about the way I'm walking or presenting myself yeah. or, you know, dressing as far as like, am I exploiting my beauty too much or my right. sexuality? Like, do I need to tone that down? There's just freedom in that sense. And, you know, and then there's a like, do I still have it? Right. Yeah, that right. you like you can't help but think about. Yeah. You know, there's a little bit of that yeah. that comes up, a little bit of insecurity. If we're yeah. being honest, um, and then the other thing that's happened for me, this is just my story. So since having my two kids and I'm done having children, I've you know my body has changed from after having kids, and I've you know lost excess weight. Yeah. That of course that happens during pregnancy. I'm at a lower weight now. I'm probably at my lowest weight in program. Um, I feel healthy. I have been dealing with some like restriction anorexia stuff that I know is definitely related to like trying to control something as I age and also trying to control something in my life, in my chaotic life with two small children. Right. But And going deeper into your own recovery. And going deeper. Um, but what I'm noticing is like I'm getting into some beauty types of things just as far as the way that I put myself together and I've kind of gotten into buying some new clothes. I'm celebrating my body in a way 
with a certain type of freedom that I don't think I would have done had yeah. I, let's say I'd been at this weight and found this like, yeah. you know, that kind of thing, <clears throat> excuse me, 10 years ago, I think I would have felt more fear about indulging or I don't know if that's the right word, but or engaging and really enjoying sort of, um, this, this state of my body and just, you know, feeling good about myself moving around in the world. I think I would have felt more of an obligation to tone that down again, that feeling right. of like, don't want to attract too much attention, right? you know, got to like sort of be careful with this commodity. Whereas now it's like, I got aging to temper that oh, where it's okay. like, I can have my long hair that I know looks sexy. I've got my highlights, right? You know, I've got a pretty face still. Yeah. It's older. I don't wear as much makeup because I just don't have time to. I, so yeah. I just do a little bit and I'm like, I'm good. You know, yeah. I wear clothes I like that yeah. I think are cute. And, and I feel a sense of freedom in that because yeah. I think there is this element of like, you know, I'm getting a little bit older, so I don't get as much of that automatic attention. Yeah. Um, and here's a thing. This is just kind of a side note that I, I've noticed as you get older, I feel like I have to put myself together a little bit more just as far as like, I don't mean wearing more makeup or anything, but like it's different when you go out wearing like sweatpants and a sweatshirt when you're 41 versus 25. Yeah. You know what I mean? I or yeah. there's just a certain element of like, you are just a little bit more put together as an older woman if you just you know your outfit's a little more pulled together yeah. you, know, you have brushed your hair you know, you've put on because your face is duller you know you've put yeah. on a little bit of makeup just to kind of brighten things up yeah. um so that's a different thing we're just like yeah because you don't have the vitality of youth exactly out of your skin exactly yeah. it's not just this fun contrast where it's like look at yeah my my bright youthful glow but i'm wearing this like dumpy sweatsuit yeah. you know there's yeah it's you just look like tired mom <laughs> exactly like a tired haggard mom and I think that's also part of for just me and my story of like feeling like a rundown mom yeah it's like I don't want to feel like I'm just this old tired haggard mom right. that I suddenly just like what happened I just woke up that way where it's yeah. like yeah I want to feel like I'm still vibrant and uh, not necessarily youthful I just mean vibrant as far yeah. as like full of life yeah. right and that you yeah. can be in your 40s and that you can have fun with fashion and yeah. you know the again the like the joyful aspects yeah. of beauty so I feel like in that way aging has granted me some freedom there because I'm having actually some more fun with fashion and and some of those things and just the clothes I wear than I did in my 20s and 30s yeah because I also because of recovery like I'm at peace with my body, yeah. right? It's like, yeah. thank God, right? I'm not sitting here going, well, I could wear that if I lost 10 more pounds right. or, you know, this or that. Yeah. It's like, no, I can wear that now. Yeah. And I'm going to wear it now because yeah. who knows what I'll feel like or what I'll look like, you know, in my 50s. Like, yeah. Do it's this like now Irma you want Bombeck, to. When her, when she, before she died, she did that whole list of like, you know, use your fancy soap today. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Don't wait. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Don't wait. Yeah, no, I think I'm, that's a general philosophy that I think is a, a healthy, that's also a sign of recovery for yeah. me, like with kind of cir to circle back yeah. to where we started with the self-care. I buy expensive candles and I burn them every day. Like yeah. I don't just hoard them and save them and look at them. Yeah. And I used to do that kind of thing. Like yeah. I better hold on to these. I may never get, I may never deserve to get another, you know, nice yeah. candle again. It's like, nope, we're spending the money on that. Yeah. Like, you know, I yeah. go on, I go on trips you know, because my husband and I want to, and we have a chance to, uh, I buy clothes, you know, I buy nicer clothes partially because I have the money to, and because it's like, yeah, I'm getting older and I want to wear nice fabrics that yeah. feel good on my skin yeah. and that aren't like cheap crap that also looks cute when you're in your twenties, but 
not so cute when you get older. And that's just, I know these are all like privileged things to be able to do as well as I'm saying this, but, but still, yeah, it's part of, to do that. It's part of the whole, right. Like, yeah. And it's like allowing yourself to enjoy life, right. In a healthy way. That's part of it. Yeah. I'm not going to squander this gift I've been given. Right. And squander what I have. Well, also in tying it into recovery is that because of your recovery, you actually want to do these things, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, because of your recovery, you can, you know, be in your body exactly as you are, Mm -hmm. love your body exactly as it is and want to Mm -hmm. take care of it. Right. Yeah. And I'll say this. It's like my body may be thinner and smaller. There is sagging going on. I was people. about to say, like there, for people who don't I know, mean, you, I need to tell you. Yeah. We have we have talked, Stacy and I, and we will we have to end soon just because we don't want to exploit your listening time. But um, we have shared, you know, our stretch mark stories. Oh yeah, all over. Yeah, all cellulite over. stretch marks. Yeah, sagging. Yep, it's all going on. That's why we wear clothes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it's like. Yeah, and guess what? I'm in a state of acceptance of it for yeah. right now, right? Yeah. It's like, okay, okay. All right. this is happening. This is life. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think we may have mentioned this before. I think it's a good maybe place to close on. Yeah. It's good for me to speak this out loud. Yeah. It's like one of the things that we've talked about, I'm being conscious of in my the early aging stage, is just commitments I want to make to myself yeah. as I age because it's really easy to say in your 20s and 30s like I'll never get plastic surgery I'll never yeah you know do this and that and when you start seeing shit starts to change you're like uh yeah yeah and I still want to say again like I don't want to do anything extreme to my body or face like I'm not gonna get plastic surgery yeah I'm not gonna inject things yeah. in my face or body um, this is where women or people, but what we're talking about women, we need permission to just get old. Right. And that's not to say, and again, this is like a hallmark of me and my recovery is staying in the middle of the road, yeah. not going to either extreme. Yeah. I also use some pretty expensive face cream. Right. Right. I, you know, I do. Yeah. We don't things. have to help the aging process. <laughs> right. You know, you know I, mean? I do some things that so like, yeah. Yeah. But it's like, I'm not going to go to an extreme. And so I'm going to just, yeah, I'm going to stay in the middle of the road and yeah. I'm going to allow myself, yeah, to show signs of aging. Yeah. And this is, this is a good place to close as well. And this is where my higher power has to come in. This right. is why I fucking need a higher power. Right. I cannot, like the glimpse I've seen of aging, like just yeah. what I've already gone through. I will not get through that without some serious spirituality, yeah. like serious spirituality that helps keep me connected to why am I here? What am I what's my service, right? What am I, what am I doing? What's my meaning and purpose? How can I be of service? Like those have, have to be my guiding principles because I am going to be in just a world of pain, pain, exactly. World of pain. If I lose sight of that and you know, and we all have those days where it's just like, Oh God, I look like shit and I can't think about anything else. It's like, I cannot go into my remaining decades. Yeah. Like, obsessed with looking old and you know everything else that goes along with that so well anyway yeah this was awesome yeah i know another another good one another good one well we think so (laughs) i know we're having fun we hope you all agree yeah we don't know how you feel but we're rocking it we're just like (laughs) yeah what next we're 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 nerding out and that's what matters yeah if you've got an idea of a subject you want us to talk about like we'll talk about it you know what i mean like you won't have to 
we'll be like, please give us something to talk about. Totally. Um, all right. Well, thank you, honey. Yeah. Yeah. Thank I'll you. have these out soon. All right. Bye, you guys. Bye. I hope everyone's experiencing great recovery today.